Welcome back to Big Lezzers League and all rugby league experience. Something a little bit different on the podcast today. Obviously, my podcast coming out a little bit later in the afternoon. In fact, uh, later in the night, I should say. Uh, recording this 5.30 at night should be out around 6, 7 o'clock. Um, but we're going to do a little Q&A. I thought that I would let you guys send in some questions. You guys have sent in a few questions, so I'm going to answer most of those now on the podcast. Uh, there's some pretty interesting ones here as well, so I'll go through as many as I can. So the first one is, who do you think is the most underrated player in the comp right now, and who is the most overrated? So underrated for me... Um, fuck, there's a lot of guys on that list for me. A lot of guys on that list. I think Wakem in a top eight side could be very underrated. A lot of people would disagree with me, but I think, you know, not so much underrated as he's fucking killing it and no one's realizing it because obviously he's in a, in a team where, you know, they're not killing it at the moment. He's not playing the best football, uh, but we've seen him play great fo- football for, you know, PNG. We've seen him play good football in the past uh, in other sides that he's been in. So, I really do think that if he had his chance, he would kill it in a top eight side. I think he would kill it, uh, but he's not doing it right now. In terms of underrated players in the sense of, you know, they're actually playing really good football right now and no one's really realizing it. Uh, I would say Matt Timoko to an extent. I haven't heard many, too many people talk about Matt Timoko. I think he's been outstanding over the past few weeks, uh, really improving as well as a footballer and developing his game. We talked about it in the review uh, only last week, you know, how much he's improving his game. So Matt Timoko would be on my list for sure. Um, Chad Townsend, for me, I thought he proved it the other night as well with his kicking and passing game. Uh, really, really solid. I'd say Daly Cherry Evans to an extent, but we all know how good Daly Cherry Evans is. I don't think he's underrated as such. I think that a lot of people, you know, put him further down the list of halfbacks just to just because he's Daly Cherry Evans. But I think that he, in that regard, is a little bit underrated. But if I had to name underrated, underrated players... For me, it would be Matt Timiko for sure. I think, as I said, developing his game, no one's really talking about him. He is playing outstanding football. Um, I think that Chad Townsend's very underrated at the moment in terms of the things he's doing for the Cowboys. A lot of people go Tom Deard and Scott Drinkwater, Valentine Holmes, you know, Murray Talagi, Ruben Cotter, all these guys. He's the number seven and he's steering the ship and he's steering the ship well as well for the Cowboys. So Chad Townsend for me is super underrated at the moment. Um, I don't really want to go and comment on overrated players. I feel like that's a shit go. You know, he's overrated, he's overrated. I think it's just a really shit go and, and it's quite demeaning if a player was to listen to this and here I am calling them overrated. You know, it it just wouldn't go down well. I, I don't really like to talk negatively like that about players as well. But yeah, there are a lot of underrated players at the moment. There definitely are a lot of underrated players. I'd say Jacob Preston on the in the back row for the Bulldogs as well. I mean, there's a few I can think of off the top of my head, to be honest. Jamal Fogarty for Canberra. I think he's very underrated. I think that he has a lot more potential than people know, and he's been doing great things for Canberra as well, and he's one of the big reasons they've been so successful in the number seven jersey. Um, you know, just trying to think of some more guys off the top of my head. Billy Smith, uh, we haven't seen his full potential for the Roosters as well. I think that if he, you know, was to play his best football, if they were to have a controlling seven in that side, I think that, you know, just to unlock him a little bit more, 
I think he would be one of the best centers in the game, one of the better centers in the game. I think Dylan Watoni Zelezniak is one of the better wingers in the game, if not the form winger in the game at the moment. And people, I don't think, are giving him too much credit for that. Um, yeah, a lot of players I can give the underrated card to. Um, but yeah, look, I won't talk too much on who's overrated in, t- in that sense. The next question is, how's Tom Trevojevic going with his recovery from injury? Now, look, I'm not the recovery from injury expert. Definitely not. Uh, NRL Physio is your man if you want to ask any questions in terms of injuries and, and stuff like that. But, you know, Tom Trevojevic, he has been ruled out for the rest of the season. And, you know, uh, recovering from a bunch of injuries at once, a lot of issues from Tom Trevojevic, especially before he got injured as well. And they were trying to rush him back into the team and it just didn't work. They needed Tom Trevojevic. Tom Trevojevic gives the Manly Seagulls a lot of confidence. Well, at least they thought they needed Tom Trevojevic. Ruben Garrick's playing fucking outstanding at fullback. Uh, DCE is really standing up for this side as well. They're actually playing really good football. And I think that if they keep playing the football they're playing at the moment. They could seriously be one of those teams that just slides into the top eight with how close the competition is right now. Uh, They're really playing good football and especially over the past two weeks, they've been really, really solid. So uh, I'm really keen to see how they go over the next few weeks leading into finals. They're either going to be the team that just makes it or is really unlucky to miss out for me, the Mealy Seagulls. Uh, But in terms of Tom Trevojevic, you know, there's a really interesting argument to be said and that is if Tom Trevojevic is you know, coming back into next season and, um, you know, is fit coming back. Do you put him at fullback? Because Ruben Garrick, as I said, he's doing a really good job at fullback. The side looks really, really good with Ruben Garrick at fullback as well. And they're playing some really good footy right now with Ruben Garrick at fullback. Do you put Tom Trevojevic to center? Do you put Tom Trevojevic to center to start the year and just see how that goes? Because he's played really good footy at center, you know, for the Blues and, um, for rep football as well. I know rep football is different to NRL, but do you try it out? Do you try it out and just see how it goes? Um, I think, yeah, it's a tough one. It is a really, really tough one for me. But, you know, gun to head, I'd probably say I'd consider it. I would consider putting Tom Trevojevic to center to start next year. Um, you know, just with all the injuries, I think it just give him a little bit more chance to just play him, inject himself when he needs to inject himself rather than, you know, putting his body through the limits to the point where he gets injured frequently. I'd have him at center, to be honest, just quietly, and I'd have Garrick at fullback. Big call, but I'm happy to cop it if I'm wrong. He comes back next year, injury-free, scot-free, and kills it. I just think I would rather hear him, you know, come back next year into the centers and be less likely to get injured. I think that's the best go um, for the Manly Seagulls for Tom Trevojevic as well. But in terms of how he's going with his injury recovery, I try to do a little bit of a dig before I answer this question as well. Couldn't really find too much. Couldn't really find too much. The only reports were the headlines that he was obviously ruled out for the rest of the season. So, um, yeah, not too much on his recovery as of yet. Even on the Manly Seagulls website, like there's really nothing here about Tom Trevojevic. It's a lot of DCE, uh, a lot of reserve grade stuff, a lot of the injuries obviously with Paseca and LOA, but there's really nothing about Tom Trevojevic per se. Even in the news section, you've got to scroll down quite a bit. Um, you know, to the injury wrap. And it's obviously got, uh, you know, Jakey Trevojevic in there when he returned to reserve grade before returning to first grade the other week. Like, you really got to go deep to find anything about Tom Trevojevic in here. Uh, there's not too much on how his recovery is going at the moment. So I can't really tell you too much about that. 
What I can tell you is, is that I probably wouldn't start him at fullback going into next year. Rough call, happy to cop it. It's just my opinion. I think that's the way to go. I don't, I don't think you bring him back at fullback next year just so you can, you know, he can potentially get injured again and again and again from, you know, over-injecting himself in the game with the body and the playing style that he has. Uh, very prone to injury. I'd rather have him at center. Uh, and he can, as I said, he can inject himself when he wants to inject himself as well. So the next question is Taff uh, to the dogs. Thoughts? I... Look, it's an interesting one because I think that he won't be used unless they obviously get injury, just like he's been used at South at the moment. He's going to be used as a depth guy. Um, obviously, Liam Knight's gone there as well. Liam Knight of South Sydney fame, he has gone to the Bulldogs, but he's there now as of this year, as of effective immediately, as of he's in the side this week. So, um, yeah, that one's a big one as well. I mean, you know, just losing a bit of depth in the forwards there, especially when we've got some injuries uh, in terms of our depth in forwards this year. I think Hame Sele might be going to, or going back to, I should say, St. George. So that's one to watch out for. Uh, but just depth in terms of the forwards, I think, is a little bit hindered there uh, with, obviously, Liam Knight leaving. Um, in terms of Black Taff, as I said, I think he's going to be used as a depth guy. I don't mind it. I really don't because you could have a lot worse guys in the depth sort of role for fullback. He could also be the fullback too. I mean, Stephen Crichton could come in next year and play centre and be a high-paid centre. You know, he's been doing great things at centre this year. They might just go, fuck it, we're going to chuck you at centre. We're going to put uh, Car on the wing and then we're just going to roll with that. Next question is who would I pick at seven for Australia the Daly Cherry Evans or Nathan Cleary look Daly Cherry Evans I think it's a simple answer you know he's been playing more this season he's been in great form this season as well Nathan Cleary's been in and out of form and obviously he didn't play the whole origin series either whereas DCE carried in games one and two for the Maroons will carry it in some senses there were a lot of guys who had great performances like your Collinses like your Paddy Carrigans and Ruben Cotters in the forwards but Daly Charlie Evans in that seven jersey really pushed the side around the park. So I'd probably go with Ches uh, just off form at the moment for uh, for Manly, for, you know, rep footy at the moment. I'm going to go with DCE at seven for the uh, Australian side. Tigers to benefit from Brooks being back in the halves. Of course, they'll benefit with Brooks back in the halves. He, you know, is one of their better players. He is going to have an immediate impact in that team. Um, but... And then again as well, I mean, with the number of spines they've had, the number of back lines they've had, the number of changes in that team that they've had this year, they just haven't been able to make it click. And I've said it a number of times on the podcast, when you change a spine more than a few times during a season, you know, it, it it's hard for a team to be successful when the, um, you know, a good analogy for it is it's hard for a chef to make the right recipe when the recipe keeps changing and you don't work at the recipe you already have with the ingredients you already have. It's hard to make a perfect cake if you keep changing the recipe. Uh, a lot of analogies there from the big layers, but um, look, I think when you keep changing the recipe, you can't make the perfect cake and taking, you know, wake him out of the side and putting, uh, you know, Luke Brooks in there and not keeping Wakeham in there, putting Dane Laurie in and out at six. Will Smith came into six at one point. Um, you know, the spine's been constantly changing due to injury at some part, but just due to obviously guys not playing as well as the Tigers would have liked at the standard there are, uh, that, you know, that they have at the club at the moment. 
Um, but you can't really expect them to play the best footy in the world at the moment. Um, you know, with the side that they've got, they've got a few injuries. Um, you know, there's a lot of issues. Uh, Joel Van Goway left, obviously. Um, you know, there was having a lot of issues over the past few weeks, actually, with Stefano Utsikamanu in terms of his clause in his contract, very similar to the Dave Fafita and Tino situation. Literally the exact same clause, but I think West Tigers have pretty much shut it down and said you're staying till the end of the year at least. Uh, and I think he's agreed to that. So I think that's as far as much as I've heard about that situation. Uh, but look, answering your question, Luke Brooks, will he have an impact going into this into this weekend uh, and into the next few weeks being back in this side? Of course, of course he will. He's one of the main ingredients in that team. Um, and I think that he will, yes, he will have an impact coming back for uh, the Tigers. And then the last question was, recent news, Dallium Awards to be boycotted. Now, that is a big shock to me. Like, you nearly boycotted Origin and obviously then chose to speak. And thank God you did because the fans needed it. You've been boycotting the media for the past few weeks and for a good cause. But to boycott a, a yearly thing where players are being rewarded for their hard work, it's not just punishing the fans at this point. It actually would punish the players because the players are getting awarded for their hard work going into the year. To boycott that event would be catastrophic. It would be catastrophic. Um, yeah, it just would not be good for the players, for anyone really. The fans would get frustrated. I mean, some of them already are uh, with the fact that the players aren't talking to the media too much at the moment due to all the RPLA discussions and whatnot. Haven't heard too many uh, developments on that either, which is interesting. But uh, yeah, look, there obviously hasn't been too much talk on that front. And yeah, to boycott, to decide to boycott the Dallium Awards would be fucking huge. Absolutely huge. Um, yeah, look, oh, I mean, if they do it, it's going to be rough on the fans. It's going to be rough on the NRL. It's going to be rough on the players as well. I think the players would feel a little bit of sting, you know, not being rewarded for their hard work during the season. I mean, we all want to see Andrew Webster get coach of the year for his work with the Warriors. We all want to see, you know, certain players get certain awards as well that they deserve. And, you know, to take that away from the fans, to take that away from the players, I think is a massive move. Let's see what happens over the next few weeks with that chat. But that is massive news. Massive news from RPLA, from NRL. Uh, Yeah, really, really, really hectic. One, two, three.